You've tuned into another episode of Radio Free HPC, the show where we talk about supercomputing, high-performance computing, and a variety of high-tech topics. I'm Dan Olds from Intersect 360 Research, joined as always by my co-hosts, Henry Newman of Seagate Government Solutions, Shaheen Khan from Orion X, and our near-millennial standout, Jesse Lanham. In association with our media partner, HPC Wire, let's get on with the show. Hello, Dan Olds here, and we have another edition, hopefully scintillating, of Radio Free HPC. Little bit of a cut down crew today. Jesse is involved in some sort of personal project and cannot be with us today, but we do have Henry Newman down in his survivalist complex in Las Cruces, New Mexico, fresh off an extended vacation. How you doing, Henry? Dan, it's a compound, not a complex. Just, you know, you've said complex. It's a compound. It's a complex. You've got a lot of stuff going on there. <laughs> and it is a survivalist compound. <laughs> I don't think so. So there is that. <laughs> and we okay. have Shaheen Khan down in the valley. How are things down there, Shaheen? Excellent, Dano. I think for the, for the audience, we now have this video thing going so we can see each other while we record. So I'm observing all the rammed earth around Yes. <laughs> yes. And 21 and three quarters inch thick walls, Henry? 21 to be exact, Dan. I, 21 I mean, exactly. Okay. 21 exactly in the, in the curved area, 18 in the straight walls. 18. Sounds like a compromise to me. No, nope, hmm. that's what the forms are, Dan. It's about. It's, okay. about it's, it's, a, it's a benchmarking trick. So you use 23, <laughs> <laughs> even though most of the house is 18. <laughs> yeah, they're benchmarking at 23. So that's the spec that you'll get up to 23 inches. Exactly. And Dan, so you know, I, with the hottest June, beginning of June on record, and we still got money back from El Paso Electric. <laughs> <laughs> You take from the sun and steal from El Paso Electric. I like that. I like that. Yes. Yes. That's not Very steal. It, they're gifting well, me. They're, they're gifting well, me. Well, the, the sun is gifting it to you, and you're taking it out of their hide. Yes, I, I am. like that. Put it to the man, Henry. You got to build a me. subdivision like that. Everyone should. Yeah, use the common space for all of the uh, for extra solar. Yep. I like that. I like that. Do you have enough solar out there that when the birds fly over it, they flash fry? <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> yes, it would. Sue, speaking of flash frying, I got, flash, nothing. I got nothing there. Flash drive? Maybe? No, no, no. Oh, no okay. I was going to go somewhere, but, well, in a flash, the Pentagon has canceled the $10 billion Jedi contract that was going to go to Microsoft Azure and was the source of, of at least a couple of lawsuits from Amazon and others that lost out on it. I believe the award is embattled. <laughs> embattled. The controversial award. It was controversial. But yes. I think the, the, the result of what you reported to us in the pre-call is that they're going to re-let it and have multiple vendors. I think that's a really good idea and not have a single vendor. For, is it? How yes. Come? I, think, I think it's a good idea for a couple reasons. One, competition is always good. That's kind of our country's motto, is it not? And number two, it, it 
it means that the government, if they switch, decide to switch vendors in the future, they don't have a major upheaval. So let's say they decide to switch one vendor out. It's a lot easier to, you know, where your half your stuff is already stored on one vendor and they switch to another vendor. So I think the whole competition at the cloud layer is a good thing. Let me take you back a step. Is this really a cloud? Because the reason I'm I'm positing that it might not be, it's from getting a look inside that Met deal. And really what, what Microsoft is doing there is they're building at least one or two dedicated data centers. And well, yeah. that kind of takes you the cloudiness could... away. It makes it more of a colo or an outsource. It does, but part of it is that there is, do you, if you are the Pentagon and you want to build, you want to have cloud services, do you want to dictate how much power you need per rack, how much cooling you need per rack, build a data center and say, fit in my data center? I think this is a, a, the right way to go and say, you build the data center, we're not going to tell you how to build it. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying it's not really a cloud. I'm saying it's more of a it, colo or an outsource. I wouldn't disagree with you, but in, in terms from the user perspective, it's a cloud. From the implementation perspective, it's an outsource. Yeah. Shaheen, weigh in. Well, is this, Henry, do you know, or either of you, is this the kind of deal that's going to set the course for DOD for the next 25 years, or is it just to get some projects done? I think because it if will it's the set former, the course. Then you can say, okay. I, 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 she, you know, if it's the former, it's you seeming, can, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, seemingly it's, it's setting the course because Congress has mandated this. Now, obviously, if there's a change in, in the Congress who's mandated this, 10 years from now, I can't predict that. But at least for now, yes. No, what I'm going with this is that if it is the kind of project that's going to set the course and really qualitatively change the architecture of IT, then yes, it's good to have multi-vendor from the get-go. If it is to get something done, then forcing it to go multi-vendor can really slow it down. Because there's some profound differences between what you can get on either one of those clouds. In general, it's hard to, I mean, between data gravity and data movement costs and just... And who's the, got the, InfiniBand and who yeah. doesn't and who... I mean, it's like, uh, well, that's, it's like in the old days very, when everybody ran Unix, but, but HP Unix and different IBM Unix and Sun Unix were all different and it still was a pain. Yeah. But actually, I think you're making my point. And, you know, you're going to have these clouds, which app, which is easier to port your application to if you need to do porting um, and then, you know, that's this, this, you know, then the cloud vendors then go sell internally to each of the agencies and, and Dan, yeah. your, your interconnect They'll fight issue, each other over it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Your, your interconnect issue is a very narrow use case. Cause I don't see, it's not the fine, you know, the HPC part of yeah. this is still off the table. There is no HPC part or was no HPC part to the best of my knowledge of Jedi. Okay, that's good to know. The other thing that I wonder about is I, I've been doing a lot of talking with clients about clouds and things like that, their public cloud usage, and I haven't had one of them say, well, no, I had one, but out of many conversations, the 
majority say, vast majority say that cloud is at least 3x and maybe as high as 7 to 10x more than on-prem. And yes, that's taking that. everything into account. But, but the question is, and I don't disagree with that, mm -hmm. does the Department of Defense have the skill sets and can they get the skill sets and the people to manage the on-prem stuff? So I don't think that- Yeah, they are now. I mean, if DOD they, doesn't, they, who does, man? Yeah. They've out, they've basically, in many cases, they've outsourced it to prime contractors. Like an SAIC Lockheed, type? SAIC, Lockheed, Northrop Grumman, you know, Booz Allen Hamilton, name your prime contractor. And now they're outsourcing it again. Yes, and is it, you know, and it's in some ways from a contractual point of view, it's easier to outsource the whole data center than outsource and keep continually replacing contractors who have to now learn a whole new set of equipment and come in every two or three years. Oh, we got a new contractor. Oh, go manage this equipment. And Here's they don't the know other thing about that it. I've heard. The other thing I've heard, Henry, and maybe you guys, maybe either one of you can comment on this, that you still need the same numbers of personnel to manage those applications and tune those applications in the cloud that you need bef that you needed before. You're not able to get rid of people through this. I don't disagree with that. No, I don't either. And in I fact, think you may you're going to more people. You're not going to slim down facilities either. You might be able to stop yourself from building another data center. Yes. Well, you are going to stop yourself from building data centers and you're going to have to stop yourself from designing data centers because let's say, you know, you need today 10 KW per rack and tomorrow you need 15 and the next day you need 25 or whatever. Who's going to, you know, that is not your burden anymore. Yeah, but I don't, with that, you're giving up the flexibility and the ability to change that okay. exactly the, the it is government your burden. Contracting... It's just that you don't control go ahead so it is your burden in the sense that it needs to get done well it is but now your task has changed from doing it to finding someone who can do it well right and and the cloud vendors do it well you know obviously but the other thing is think about how long it takes from a legal perspective for government to contract with someone and to do this, con the, the hardest part right now in the government is the, the, the you know, we're not the hardest, but a lot, one of the big problems is how long it takes them to get a, you know, write an RFP, let a contract, get a contract, deal with the protest. And then the contracts in many cases are by law can only be a short number of years for professional services and things like that. You have to redo it. You're already starting your next one. So this deburdens them which is a new word, I guess, or maybe it isn't. It unburdens them, um, unburdens them from, you know, dealing with all the contracts around maintaining infrastructure. One for the support people, one for the infrastructure, one for this, one for that. Boom, done. Well, it is true that when you outsource something, you outsource complexity around it. And you're, because, you know, the person doing it isn't bound by whatever regulations you have to be bound by. I mean, in some ways they are because they're still a government contractor. Well, you know, it's interesting that one of the VPs of 
Microsoft made a comment at, at the end of this HPC Wire story that the DOD faced a difficult choice, continue with what could be a years-long litigation battle or find another path forward. And I think that's why this got canceled and why it's being reissued as multi-vendor. This is the other path forward. <laughs> this is the other path forward, the less lawyerly path. Yeah, and it's... It's a slugfest in the courts with this. Okay. Because the level, was... of, the level of technical details is pretty great. Well, you know, that one I don't know if I buy. I mean, it's DOD. They, they, they can handle technical detail. If they need 1,000 people, they'll go hire 1,000 people. If they need yeah, to but, train but them, the, they can go but train the legal them. But de- legal no, it's the legal detail. stuff he's talking That's about. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. To get it through the courts and explain to the courts takes a long time for these technical details. Yeah, and this would be, I mean, and, and Amazon can keep re-upping that lawsuit as long as it takes. So this is like a, a settlement of that, in my maybe, mind. Maybe. I don't know if I buy that. I mean, I think that you're talking about, like, DOD, for God's sake. Like, is there any more powerful organization on the planet? Yeah, but they yes. can still be sued. The yeah, courts are more powerful. Yes, they're, the court, yeah. You've got to present all this to the courts. And but I mean, compared to the cloud providers, not compared to, you know, the cloud providers are more powerful exist. than DOD, in my opinion. Oh, I don't think so. They, how many guns do they have? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's like what Stalin said, I think, about the Catholic Church is how many armies, how many divisions does the Pope have? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not so many, but, 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 it, but the cloud vendors control a good portion of the network infrastructure of the country right now. So, yeah. So, tech okay. so, so yeah. we talked about the cost. There's also bandwidth, and they're building more bandwidth, so that's going to be helpful. We talked about switching costs from one cloud, and that's multi-vendor. One thing we have, we talked about system management, all of the management activity. We talked about administrative complexity that is also being outsourced. One thing we haven't talked about is availability of capacity. Because what I've been hearing, especially over COVID times, is that you know cloud isn't infinite supply anymore. That you go there and you want to allocate stuff, and you know you may not get it. If but it they ever... have, but 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 they have service level agreements and penalties. Yeah, and. So there, there is that, and obviously they're paying. The penalties are paid for upfront to some degree for missing service level agreements. So Sheen, I agree with you, but that becomes not DoD's problem. They wash their hands of it, and it's somebody else's responsibility. But if you can predict how much capacity you need, then they'll go provision it, and it's kind of yours. But, but if it's the whole point but, of cloud was that <laughs> if you if you couldn't predict, you could go get it. Yep. Yeah. And you and I, probably they got a better chance of maybe, getting sorta. They got a better chance of getting it because they can play the national security card. And and <laughs> they can move they can move it from their their non from non DOD customers and just move it over and sanitize it. Yeah. Because they've got extra. But capacity. that's the problem. But this is the problem that HPC regular folk including some research labs, but particularly commercial industrial face, if they want to move HPC to the cloud, they can't get instances that are in the same region that are big enough. Yeah, and then it's getting the ba- network bandwidth to them once you get it. So yeah, you can't do uh, MPI. You know, it's, yeah, 
But the I problem is, is that, that I think cloud has been sold too big and it's been bought hook, line, and sick, sinker by particular people in power. And I hear this from corporate data centers that their upper management believes that cloud is always better, faster, cheaper. And it ain't the case, but that's what they've been sold. And that's why some of these mandates are coming down that you have to investigate the cloud. Well, well, and, 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 and that goes back to the old saying about RAID from the early 90s. You can have it faster, you can have it more reliable, or, you know, was, there were three things. Or faster, you can have it more, cheaper. Or you can have it cheaper, pick any two. or cheaper. Yeah, pick any yeah. two. Yeah. So, and, and, and that's, there's a truism about that in many, for many things, but the buying power. I don't think you're ever going to get cloud cheaper. I don't think, I, I think. The only for the fact it will be cheaper if you have a short term requirement for a bunch of hardware or something. So, so, you know, short term, that's the yep. key. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, or you've got to build a whole new okay. data center. There are, there are, there are reasons. Boy. You could still run the numbers. You could run the numbers and see because you're looking, if you're going to cloud instead of a data center, you're looking to become a long-term cloud you, uh, person. You, and you need, that you need to run the numbers. Dough. Dan, you're yes. 100%. You've yes. got to run the numbers. So on that note, so, Shaheen. On that note, yes, Shaheen, you have any closing thoughts on this? Not really, except that cloud continues to be simultaneously growing fast and simultaneously getting more complex. Yes, agree on both of those. Also, the other thing we were talking about was that it's also become clear now that cloud is neither going to take get rid of on-prem and neither is going away. So yeah, it's there's so a place for it. Like Henry was saying, with the short-term needs, you want to tire kick some hardware. That's all good. Right. No but problem. regardless of how you implement it, I think the complexity of integrating in, into your existing environment is going to be there. It's yes. not going to go away. Yes. Because I think for a brief moment, it looked like it was going to make things a lot simpler. And I think it's actually going to make things it's gonna be more, more complex. complex because it adds value in ways that you need, but not but getting to the to exclusion it, of some other ones. Yeah. It's like I've had a couple clients say to me that, you know, in terms of cloud service, we want to get we have to get the cost down in order to use it, but we also need to combine what maybe two of them are offering in order to get what we need. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. Right. Okay. And hence hence hmm. if you're right, Dan, DOD's getting two clouds. At least. Yeah, but they're not all the same platform, unfortunately. But that's better than just having one probably so let's move along is there any reason why nobody should be online ever this week henry dan i've been after offline. all i've been offline and after reading about all the ransomware things that are happening company after company week after week i i i'm too depressed to even look at anything this week after coming <laughs> back from vacation i i didn't want to put myself Fair enough. in a State of depression. It could be worse, Henry. <laughs> really? Tell me how. <laughs> you could be subject to ransomware. <laughs> yeah, you could be coming home to an email of, yeah, I've got all your files. They They're are. locked up. Pay me. Good. So that brings us to the catch of the week. Oh, 
with that, let's move on to the catch of the week. Shaheen, what do you got? I, I will do a little bit of why you shouldn't be online. Uh, you may all have heard of this uh, ransomware attack on a company called Kaseya. Kaseya is a IT solution uh, for managed service providers. They do a virtual server administrator software, a bunch of other things. They say something like 40,000 uh, companies around the world and cloud providers around the world use at least some of their software. So they actually did get back home to a <laughs> attack. So is this kind of like solar winds again? Yeah, it's kind of pretty bad. And it happened ah. July 2nd over the July 4th weekend. Now, they're based in Ireland, but they've got offices around the world, including in, in, in Florida and such. And customers all over, I'm sure. And customers all over. So one of the customers, one of the worst hit customers of theirs is a supermarket chain in Sweden called Coop, C-O-O-P. And they have something like 800 physical gro grocery stores that were shut down after the attack because all the point of sale stuff is not working. Uh-oh. And you have to remember that in some small towns in Sweden, they're like it. If if they're closed, you have to get on a bus and go to the next town. Which and is probably they're closed as well. I mean, right. 800 stores over Sweden, that's a big chunk of the market. That's right. And they're kind of small stores, but they carry everything, at least the ones that I've seen. So... Uh, it's a it's a big problem. Now, one kind of ray of hope in that that I thought was interesting was that they were able to quickly move the customers to their e-commerce online site. Ah. So you could transact there and then maybe go pick it up or have it delivered. But it's a big monkey wrench because those guys organize their systems just so. It's like a very tight optimization of delivery and inventory and, you know, all the moving and in concert. So all of this means also a lot of wasted stuff that they have to throw away. Perishables. Yeah. And, and it's going to be a few weeks before it comes back online. So it's a, it's a big problem. Yeah. I haven't heard anything about anybody paying the ransom yet or not paying the ransom. So we'll stay tuned on that. Right. Mm. Yeah. Now, of course, this immediately gets escalated to who really did it. And it, you know, fingers point towards, you know, Russian hackers, and that makes oh, it a matter of... Oh, what a of, shock. I am shocked, Shaheen. <laughs> I don't believe you. I believe the name of the group is called Rev Revil, something like that. Hmm. Huh. At least that's what they were, they were suspecting when I read about it. How so much did they ask for? these things can escalate. It's, it's, it's you know, quite, quite, a, quite a big thing, you know? They, they, they asked for what the report says, a bargain price of $70 million in... Cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. Hmm. 17 million versus 800 stores being shut down for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So the name of the group is Revil. That's like evil with an R in the front. Nice. And, and how do we even know that they will actually unlock it after they pay? I don't, I mean, they could just take the money and say, screw you. They could. Yeah. 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 Or they could say, you know what, maybe 70 more isn't a bad idea. That's very possible too. Scary <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Henry, do you have a catch of the week? Other than I your scuba trip? Tell us a little bit about that. No. No one cares. You're not gonna tell us anything about that? No. You were you touched dolphins. I unless they were I did not No, maybe, I did not uh, touch uh, uh, Henry, you the can talk about machine. Uh, sorry, you can talk about the equipment you used. Well, we, I was, hardware, you know, yeah. Own, what's, 
my own scuba equipment, my own dive computer, a titanium regulator because I'm not going to have anything fail, not stainless steel titanium, carbon fiber, second Fair stage enough. in my mouth. Uh, and we were in a Zodiac. Have you gotten to the point feet. like and? We were in 20 foot, foot Zodiac, but then you were telling me 20 foot waves. 20 foot waves so for one Imagine for perfect one storm. Yeah. Nice. Little, Very nice. What time of day yeah. was this? It was a. Uh, when are you going to. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, when are you going to get to the point, like in that movie, where you can breathe oxygenated liquid? That'll allow no. you to really go down deep. Yeah, that's not happening, Dan. I'm too old to be doing uh, trimix gas. Oh, come on. Oh, geez. I, you know, and you are a benchmarker. I would expect you to be benchmarking all the latest and getting down there. If you're breathing liquid, you can't be compressed. <laughs> yeah. Think of that. So let's see. Catch of the week, I guess it's come around to me. I recently, very recently, like a couple of days ago, became a boat owner. And oh, there are, oh my God. I did pull the trigger. <laughs> and... There are a lot of things that come with boat ownership, but one of them is the state of Oregon. What I take this is essentially challenging me to a Google speed test. They have a test that you have to take in order to be a certified boat operator, and it's online. And there are these courses you can take that will teach you anywhere from 35 to 50 bucks, something like that. And then you go and you take the test online. Well, I've got three monitors and a pretty fast computer and pretty good bandwidth. I'm thinking I could probably challenge this test and Google up the right answers before they time me out on a question. Anybody want to take that bet? <laughs> um, no. So you're on my side on this one. No, I just don't like – I don't like to bet against you unless I'm sure, Dan, because I like taking your money. Well, I don't know. Last time you ended up feeding me a lobster yeah. as an appetizer. Yes, I I believe I substituted ribeye for the salad. As yes, well. you did. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes, I had the meat sweats just 30 minutes into the meal. <laughs> but it was fantastic. And the great, the best thing about it is they accidentally gave Shaheen the lion's share of the bill that you should have been picking up, Henry. And I sent Shaheen a check. I know. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't because I didn't ask for it. <laughs> it's in Venmo. Wait for it there. It's on the way. No, no, no. I never, I never got back to Henry. He asked, he told me to tell him what, I, what he owed me. Like within hours he did. And I said, I don't have time right now. I'll get back to it after the show. And I never did. It was a ah. pretty complex check as well. Yes. Uh, but anyway, on that note, and me fondly recalling my meat experience and expensive seafood experience with Henry, uh, let's go ahead and call this an episode of Radio Free HPC. I want to thank everybody for listening. Got to thank my co-hosts and uh, have to hate on Jesse a little bit for not being here. Right? <laughs> That's fair enough. So thanks for listening, and we will be coming at you soon. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Yay! Thank you for listening to this episode of Radio Free HPC. Reach out to us on email at podcast at Radio Free HPC or via Twitter at Radio Free HPC. As a quick note, 
The views and opinions of Henry Newman are his and do not reflect any policy or position of Seagate Government Solutions or Seagate Technology. Thanks again for listening.